Matt Step, you're in Canada, so why does it feel like I'm in Canada? Uh, I apparently uh, have brought the cold much further south than it needs to be. Do you feel bad? Uh, no, not really. No, you should suffer with me. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step, international high school football reporter. <laughs> thank you for spending part of your day with us. And thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Uh, we love you very much. So much so that we bring you international voices on these podcasts yes that is right the voice voices from across the sea the seven seas i guess or uh, across the lake you are uh, whatever cause, works because you're in ottawa i am yes I've, now you'd never been it, you'd never been to ottawa no i've never been to ottawa it's my wife's birthday this weekend and or this past weekend so i'm up here for a few days so with her and decided to take a little mini road trip uh, to Ottawa, Canada, which is, for those who don't know, Ottawa is the capital of the country of Canada. It is about a five-hour drive uh, from Toronto, and it is a uh, very beautiful city, um, but it is very cold. In fact, colder here than it is in Texas. Shocking. That That is but shocking. It's true. That is shocking, considering yeah. the, the, the cold front that just uh, blew. We, we got a crap ton of – there was about a foot of snow yesterday, so, yeah. Um, this is your – by district preview edition. This is um and my favorite week of the year, other than state. This is my favorite week of the year. This is one of the this is one of the big ones. Like I would say that as far as tap and step episodes are concerned, um, pre uh, season preview edition. Um, for sure, for sure. This week, state week, and then we have we have yet to do uh, a realignment. We we have not been on the air for realignment, but I imagine we'll have a realignment, yeah. a spectacular. Um, yeah, the, that's, see the realignment spectacular is only every two years. Right. So that's even crazier. That's yeah, even so more this is this is from a from a football standpoint. This week is is totally awesome. It's it's it is elimination game overload this week. It is a it is a singular event. Uh, we will get to our game draft uh, in a moment, and, and we'll get to fun fact in a moment. But before we get to that, I, I think that people I, I always like to take a step back because I feel like. In high school, in Texas high school, because we are so immersed in it that it's kind of uh, it's it's prudent sometimes to take a step back and take a look at where we're standing. Uh, and, and and what I mean by that is that there are 352 elimination games this weekend, and that is the it's the largest elimination round of any tournament anywhere in the world. Um, this, yeah, like it's, it's massive. It's huge. This is a this like this is a singular sports weekend in the world. Absolutely, I mean this. The, like, I think you mentioned it. This is the biggest single elimination tournament in sports on the planet. It's, it's big stuff, and it's, it's, it's this is how we do it in Texas. And and I can promise you, there will be three or four results this week that make us go, "Holy crap! What just happened?" There's gonna be a, a big a top a top team is gonna lose or. A one and nine or two and eighteen is going to win. Yeah. It's going to happen. It happens just about every year. It does. Uh, before we get into the by district uh, action and, and start breaking down exactly which games we're most excited about, we will start as we always do, Matthew. 
with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Step, been a lot of talk online, and we'll get to this in a moment. Been a lot of talk online about how too many teams make the playoffs. Um, oh God! We'll get. I have some takes that I've been saving for this edition. Fire off some hot takes. I love it. But Matt Step, there are, according to the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings, computer rankings, there are two teams that finished in the top twenty of their respective division. So I'll 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 tell you this. It's not six A. Uh, but there are two teams that finished in the top 20 of their respective divisions in their computer rankings that did not make the playoffs. Matt Stepp, who are those teams? I'm going to go with Atlanta mm-hmm. and oh, who's the next one? Top 20 team that didn't make it. Atlanta seems to be like an obvious choice. Their district was so tough. Do you want me to tell you um, that you're wrong? Because you're wrong. Uh, oh gosh. So Atlanta, I... Atlanta finished 27th in 3A Division One. Um, okay. So they are just outside the to- top 20, uh, but they they did finish 27th in in 3A Division One. Is Denison one? Denison is not. Uh, and okay. Uh, uh, let's see, Denison. I can pull this up. Uh, Den- I thought their win over Frisco might have. Put them Denison finished. Free. Denison finished 39th in 5A Division Two. They, in fact, are the third highest ranked play non-playoff team in 5A Division Two. Burleson and North Fournier are both ahead of them. Okay, huh. man. I'm all right. I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, one, I'll give you one more sw- one more swing if you want it. Uh, let's see. Not 6A. Um, it's gotta be a larger district, right? You would think. Uh, how about uh Robinson? Or no, not Robinson. Uh, uh, yeah, Robert Robinson. We'll go with Robinson. Buddy, you are so stinking close. Robinson is twenty. Oh. Robinson's twenty seventh, but Lorena finished nineteenth in the four A Division two rankings. That is okay. one of them. Okay. But the other one, and this is shocking, although it, it kind of shows a little bit of the flaws in the computer rankings. The number four team in 4A Division One missed it, and that is Sealy. Oh, Sealy, yeah. So Sealy scored a huge blowout win over Needville in the in the uh, in the final week of the year. Um, now there are some um, extenuating circumstances. Most notably, Sealy was already eliminated, and Needville had nothing to play for. Yeah. So, so Needville, Needville did some load management. Yes. You know, they, Ooh, that's a really they good liberally rotated players in and out. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain they did not, um, didn't exactly empty the playbook no. <laughs> in that game. I think that, that was a game they were just trying to get the hell out of and not get anybody hurt. I, I tend to think that you're right, but they got hammered in the computer rankings. Yeah. Uh, because so that, that gave Sealy an unusually high bump. Yeah. And so again, Seeley, like you said, Seeley, shows a flaw there. Sealy jumped from 17 to 4. So even if they had stayed steady, they would have been a top 20 team, and they would have been the highest-ranked team uh, to miss the playoffs. If you're interested, the highest-ranked 6A team to miss the playoffs was Mansfield Lake Ridge at number 58. Um, in 5A Division One, it's Angleton at number 28. That's not a surprise. That very tough district. Uh, we mm-hmm. mentioned uh, Burleson in 5A Division Two. We mentioned Sealy in 4A Division One. We mentioned Lorena at 4A Division Two. Top-ranked 3A Division One team is Atlanta. 
Uh, the top three, Division Two team, you got to go down to Wascom at number 37. Uh, 2A Division One, uh, you got to go down to Tenahaw at number 38, which is a little shocking that they missed the playoffs, by the way. Tough district. It, usually these teams come from really deep, tough districts, for sure. 2A Division Two, uh, the top-ranked team to miss the playoffs was Hubbard at number 40. And then you get into six-man, uh, where uh, fewer teams make it, but Paducah at number 15 missed the playoffs in D1. And Apple Springs at number 13 missed the playoffs in D2. So there is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Although, for I imagine for Seeley and Lorena, it's not so fun. Um, yeah, I would imagine it's a super fun for them. So, of course, the brackets are up at TexasFootball.com. Uh, and we've got, uh, we, we grind it all weekend. You were a crazy person on Saturday, tracking down all the Yes, I, 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 yeah, I squeezed about a week's worth of work into one, one full day on Saturday. But got it, we, got it, we got it done. It was right. a team effort, and we got it done. So, I want to address something. Because uh, on, on Sunday, um, I guess it was Sunday, maybe Saturday night. Um, you start getting the people, and I made some comment about how um, this is the season when the people come out of the woodwork and say that too many teams make the playoffs uh, in Texas high yep. school football. Uh, for those who don't know, four teams make the playoffs from each district, uh, each 11-man district, and two teams make the playoffs from each six-man district. Uh, my point, and I still stand by this point, is why do you care? What, how does it affect your life if – we have with more teams get to experience the playoffs and what it ends up. Well, well, Greg, it's everyone gets a trophy, Greg, right? Actually, they don't. If you lose the game, you don't get a trophy, which is the whole point of the playoffs, right? This, I have never wanted to tweet. Okay. Boomer more this than any, than this week, because (laughs) this notion by boomers of like that everything has to be about character building and everything has to be about oh you got to learn how to be an adult and you got to learn that life is tough i am so stinking tired of hearing about how oh man participation trophies and back in my day well you know what it's not your day anymore it's not. And things are better now. And what I hate are people who come into this that are either ignorant or willfully ignorant about the context. The reason that you have one in nine or 0 in 10 teams making the playoffs is so that you, is because you have these very small districts. The reason you have yeah, these small all, districts. All the same part of the state. Yeah. It, yes, is to make sure that they are not spending your taxpayer money that I have to hear all the freaking time about. That they're not spending your taxpayer money driving 300 miles to a district volleyball game. That's why they're doing it. I have been so stinking tired of hearing from the older generation who back in their day was only the district champion that made it. Well, you know what? Go tell that to all the four seeds that are going to upset one seeds this week. Because it's going to happen. Was it really better? Was it better when nine and one, eight and two teams were sitting home in the playoffs? Like it wasn't better. It was not better. And they changed it. No, so, no. But it was. And, and, and you know what? I mean, it's it's the, the people who complain about the taxpayer dollars. Dollars. They don't live in those districts that are paying those taxes. No. Like I never hear about people from West Texas complaining that uh, hardly ever about about that much travel. They complain a little bit, but the people who complain about playoff travel aren't even from West Texas. People from West Texas get it. They understand it's a part of being out there. 
Well, no, it's not your tax dollars. Do it, I'm, I'm not here to defend the playoff system, writ, the UIL writ large, okay? Uh, it, it, would I tweak some things about the playoff system? Yeah, I would. But at the same time, this is, in my mind, the system that is the most fair to the most number of teams. But this notion that everything has to be about character building and everything has to be about teaching kids to fail. Guess what? They have already gone one and nine. They are quite familiar yeah. with failure. Uh, yeah, and and guess what? If they lose in the first round, they're going to get a lesson in, in that again. If you want, if you're all about that, the, the thing about the playoffs is is the the winner. It, there's a winner and a loser. The cream always rises to the top. And if you're a one and nine team and you're a bad one and nine team, we're going to see it. We'll, we'll see it on Friday night and Thursday night, and they'll be. We'll move on from it. For but it. you know what? Maybe there's that there, three and seventeen that that's that's comes from a tough district and is really really good. For they're going to get rewarded because right. it's a it's a it's a meritocracy. Right. For a generation that is obsessed with the meritocracy, they sure hate it whenever you open up for people to prove that they belong. That is absolutely yeah. positively baffling to me. But you know what it is? All yeah. it is, and this is all it is. This is it. What I would appreciate, I would appreciate it if somebody would come to me and they would say, you know what, Tepper, I don't like four teams making the playoffs, and the reason I don't like it is because it's different from what I grew up with. That's fine. If you don't like it for that reason, be intellectually honest with me. Don't come up with some sort of other reason that basically because you're scared that things are changing, you yeah. want you want to cost a bunch of teams an opportunity to play one extra game that they have worked for months and months and months to do. I am so stinking tired of it. It is a ridiculous argument from one generation. And I hate to be like that, but it's the truth. And for a generation that loves to trash millennials, they have had a bunch of trash opinions this week. And my mentions have been full of it. Yeah, it's been pretty... I, I, and the thing is, is they're wasting their time. It's not changing. It's, the co- coaches are not going to vote for fewer playoff teams. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So, like, just just got to enjoy the playoffs for what they are. And, and, and the one in nine teams that win, we're going to celebrate them because they deserve to be celebrated. And the one in nine teams that lose, we're not going to talk about them again for a while. And it, it is what it is. If it bothers you so much, just wait for the second round. If it really, if it really sticks in your craw, that you have a couple of teams in there that are, and, and by the way, like of course they love to point to, they love to point to the fact that uh, you have an zero and ten team making the playoffs, as opposed to all those teams we just rattled off, like North Forty, who's seven and three and sitting at home. Like they don't, they don't bring that up because that would be no. devastating to their argument. It is exactly. it is a it is a ridiculous ridiculous argument that is based in the idea of things are different and so I don't like it. That's that's essentially what it is. And I want to save yeah. it for the premium podcast because I am so tired of it. Anyway, there I'll be glad when this week is over as far as I Oh my concerned. god. It is it, 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 it in many ways that is like the worst part of this week is that you get all these all these people coming out of the woodwork who barely pay attention to high school football as it is at least from a statewide perspective that are suddenly just up in arms at Ira Ann's in the playoffs. Like yeah. why they, they, they cared about Ira Ann one bit all year. Now. How so does that up. affect your life? I'll tell you how. Not at all. Other than that, I don't have any opinions. 
Okay. Uh, let's get to our week, our by district preview. I will calm down. Uh, we'll get to our by district preview. Um, if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. It doesn't normally start with me yelling into a microphone, uh, but uh, we have a number of. Th- th- this is the way that things work around here. We will go through, and we will go back and forth picking games that we are most interested in in the by just in this week of, the, of Texas high school football playoffs. Uh, go back and forth. Um, we will once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, we we would normally do so. Normally, we would do what what we call a hipster game of the week, which is a game that we think is flying under people's radar. But here's a problem: now that it's in the playoffs, like unless you're going like there's there's no real hipster games because they're all win or go home. They all have the same impact. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the but- like last last week for week eleven, we had a perfect a perfect way to determine a hipster game, which was this is a matchup of uh, for the fourth place team to get into the playoffs. It's basically winning in. Uh, those are games that are flying under the radar. There are no games flying under the radar this week. Um, so uh, we had a coin flip before the, beforehand. Matt Step won the coin flip, so he gets uh, the first pick in this week's draft. Matt Step, what is? Your number one pick in the by district tep and step draft. Well, this is tough, but I think I got to go to Houston, and I think I got to go to Thursday night at Mercer Stadium mm-hmm. as ten and zero. For all the four team in the playoff people complaining, we have a ten and zero versus nine and one first round matchup. Yeah, ten and zero for Ben Travis taking on nine and one Katie Tompkins in a tantalizing by district game in which. A really, really good team is going to go home early. Uh, you got Travis, uh, really one of the most explosive offenses in, in the Houston area. Uh, Penn State commit Parker Washington is the headliner, but they've got a great quarterback in uh, the Rodriguez kid. Uh, Jarrell Farr uh, has been a great complement to Parker Washington out wide. And, and for all the talk about the offense, the defense in big moments and big games and district play has really stepped up and, and, and made big plays. Um, this, this is a team that I think it's, they just got into the Dave Campbell's rankings um, yeah. right at the end of the season. Um, and part of it is, I think, because they didn't play the toughest non-district schedule. They really don't have – I think the best win is probably over Richmond Foster, but that, that win didn't age all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at their district, and aside from the win over Ridge Point, they really haven't had – a real marquee matchup um, other than that. Yeah, I've got, the, I've, got, got their, I've, I've got their I've got their schedule pulled up here. Uh, that win over Hightower has aged pretty well. Um, yeah, it has. But that's, yeah, Hightower's but you can come make on a, late. you can make a real argument that their best wins uh um their best wins are over 5A teams or they're over four pin Ridge Point, which is a good win. Um, Solid win. Yeah. And and yeah. and Elkins, I would say. But overall, if you want to, I mean, overall, this is a this is a team whose strength of schedule, like their their, their teams want to combine their opponents want to combine fifty two and forty eight. It's nothing. It's nothing really to write home about. Yeah, and, and and you look at Tompkins, who who really in most of their games has dominated all year. But when I really dig into Tompkins' schedule, what's what's their best win? You know, is is yeah. it is it Maid Creek? Right. Uh, their best game is probably the five point loss to Caden, no, which that, is uh, yeah. more than a respectable loss in, in that regard. Yeah, but their, I look their, at their best win. Their, resume. their best win is definitely a loss. Like, I mean, yeah. I hate I hate to say that, but it's like you look up and down. It's like besides that, the highest ranked team that they beat was Klein Kane. Which yeah, and mm. Kane just barely snuck into the playoffs as, as a three or a four, I think, out of that really crazy district in uh, fifteen six eight. So. Despite the gaudy records between these two teams, 
I, I think they're, we still kind of, I don't know if we really truly know where these two teams stand um, on the pecking order in, 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 in the Houston area, because the winner of this game, you know, moves up, moves on, and, and is probably going to get a much tougher uh, round two test. Uh, you know, the loser, you know, Travis could go 10 and one or Eric Thompson's nine and two. And I don't know if we really know how good they are just because of, of the schedule this year. So I'm interested to see how this game plays out. Um, I think it's going to be a real shootout. I mean, Tompkins has got, you know, Jalen Milrow, the Texas committed quarterback, RJ Smith and Marquis shoulders um, at running back are, are outstanding. Um, I, I think this game is going to come down to which defense can make plays late. Um, it, the edge to me goes to Katie just because Katie ISD and five different matchups of Fort Bend ISD has really gotten the better of Fort Bend ISD recently. They've kind of had their number, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if Katie ISD as a whole is, is, is all that strong other than Katie and maybe Tompkins. I, you know, I still, you know, May Creek had a great record, but I'm still not super convinced on, on May Creek because in their two losses to Tompkins and Katie, they didn't score a point. So, yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I, I, I've got some questions. I'm really fascinated to see how this game plays out because I think we may actually learn a lot about these two teams uh, going into the playoffs. I, I, because I think the winner. Uh, let me look at if I look at the bracket. The winner. The winner gets I, Houston I Lamar or um or side falls. Side so, falls, which is a winnable right, game. That's a very winnable game. So the winner of this game could potentially get into the regional semifinals. Which would you know in in that three A Division One Region Three is is a quite an accomplishment. So yeah. really interested in this game. It's a Thursday night. I think it's the it's the marquee game uh, of the weekend, but it's also the marquee game of Thursday night for sure. I I think for sh- you're right, and, and and but I also think you, the other thing you you hit on is is th- that this is a big test for both defenses. Um, big test for both defenses because um, you know both defenses have been um, I would say Tompkins is, has been better. But it's not by this overwhelming margin. Um, and for, you know, f- now the computer likes Tompkins by eight. Um, that feels about right. Um, I yeah, feel like, I think it's fair. I like Tompkins as well. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. And, and, and what I'm interested in, has Tompkins ever won a playoff game? Yeah, they won. They got to the third. They lost to Westbrook in the third round. Last that's year. right. That's right. Um, yeah, they, they had a big lead on Westbrook in the third round, and then and kind of blew the lead. So yeah, so it's 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 a really it's a it, it's the matchup, and and it, it's got kind of everything. It's got star power too. Like that's what I really like about this is that you've got these games. Yes. Um, you've got these games where um, where you can have um, you you got a lot of star power. The other thing about this. Is so I'm looking at this Fort Bend, Tra- Fort Bend Travis. I think people forget have has not been around very long. Um, they have been um, no, they haven't really. No. 08 was their first year. Uh, they are three and eight all time in the playoffs. So they're looking for their fourth ever playoff win. Uh, it's still two pretty youngish programs. Um, that you know this would be this would be one of those signature wins. Um, that I feel like you could hang your hat on as a program. So. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think I think you're right. I think this is the marquee game um, of the week, and so I think that that is uh, that's an excellent choice, Matthew. All right, for my pick. All right, I'm going to go to. Hold on. Let me make sure I get. I need to, to pull up where these games are. That's what I'm going to go to TexasFootball.com, where we've got a listing of where all these games are being played. Um, oh yeah. Let's go to Belton, to Tiger Stadium. 
for a Ooh. 3A Division One matchup that quite literally the last two seasons has produced the state champion. Uh, it is Grandview and Rockdale, 7.30 p.m. Friday. It's just going to this game. I, I, I think it's just going to this game Friday. Grandview yeah. and Rockdale, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Belton's Tiger Stadium. Um, and these are two teams that, boy, it sure like looked like they were like they were going to avoid each other this year. Like, it looked like maybe Rockdale had gotten its wheels back on. Things had been looking really good for them. Um, and then, you know, look, uh, Grandview had been cruising along, looking very, very good. But the late season has been unkind to these two teams. And now, as a result, they have to play for their for their seasons um, in this one. For the second straight year, too. These two teams played in the first round of the playoffs last year as well. Yes. Um, I, was, I was at that game. And this game is really remarkable to me because these were two teams that started off white hot and we started to think they got into the rankings and we started thinking, boy, you know what? These teams might be, you know, you know, Grandview, of course, the defending state champ. Uh, you know, Rockdale, of course, the champ from a couple of years ago. Um, this, this, you know, these, these two teams might look, look the part. So then October hit, and or I guess for, for Grandview is November, but... Rockdale started the year, what was it, 6-0, and cruising along, and then back-to-back losses to Troy and Cameron Yeo. Now, those are two pretty good teams. I want to be clear about that. But, they are. But still, two pretty, you know, two, two kind of thud-thud right there, and suddenly you're drawing the defending state champs in the first round of the playoffs. Now, Grandview— and it, it was a— I thought it was weird about the rock wall. It was a thud in different directions. You know, against Troy, their defense—they had no answers. Their defense is yes. Had no, had they gave up sixty points? Yeah. And then against Yo, it was the offense. They only scored three points. They and got that, they got dominated. And, and that's kind of the thing for me is that for Rockdale, they've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. That there have been that that for most of the year they have been a consistently excellent program. But the one thing that that scares me about them. I think their defense is pretty susceptible. I think they're going to be able to score. Uh, I think that this team is, is is pretty darn explosive, especially uh, you look at both. Their, they're, they're probably a year early. A lot of juniors on this team. Cameron Valdez, their running back, uh, and Jace Robinson, their quarterback, have both been sensational. But their defense scares me. Now going up, up against Rockdale. Rockdale, I'm sorry, Grandview, rather. Grandview <laughs> was cruising along. Everything's looking good. Number one team in our rankings. Everything's great. They've got that win over Malakoff. They they looked like it was one of those things that we were viewing them. I was at least viewing them in the same way that I viewed Alito in 5A Division 2, which is, okay, yeah, there are some other really intriguing teams, but they're going to have to come and take this down this team. And boy, this defending state champ looks really good. Then... They go and they get stunned by by Whitney, and the yeah, big shocking loss, a, a, a truly shocking loss. Now Whitney's a good team. I want to be clear about that. Whitney's a good team, but I would just tell definitely you, not a name program. For no, sure. that is not a name program. And the other thing for me is this is this is a question, and this has been a little bit of a, of an issue with them this year, is that they're. Their offense has a tendency to no-show. Um, it no-showed against Malakoff. They won 14-13, but, but it no-showed. And then it no-showed against Whitney. 
and it got him beat. Now, I still think this team is supremely talented. They got Demetrius Crown, Crown over. Uh, they've got their quarterback, Dane Yench, who, who was, of course, the, the dual MVP of last year's state championship game. But that offense has got to show up. And, yep. and, and a little more consistency is needed. And a lot of this, a lot of this game comes down to whether or not you think, like, what you think, if you think that Whitney game was a fluke, right? If you think that Whitney game was they got caught looking, um, they they end up coughing one up on the road to a good team, uh, you know, and you just tip your cap. Basically, a lot of it comes down to what kind of what you think of Whitney. Um, I yeah, I tend to want to give Grandview a mulligan. Um, I think they've been pretty consistent um, the rest of the way, uh, but it would not surprise me if Rockdale beat them um, at all because Rockdale's got the weapons uh, offensively that if they turn this into a shootout, I'm not sure Grandview can keep up. And yeah, that's what I, I think Grandview is going to have to rely on the defense uh, in the playoffs unless unless the offense just catches fire, which is quite possible. They're, they have to put the pieces in place to do so. Yeah, it's been a little mystifying that they, their offense has had uh, some of these consistency issues this year, just because of what they returned uh, from the title team last year. Last year, their offense was coming along in the playoffs. Yeah, um, and I know that you know they lost their best offensive lineman um, before the season started. He was in a car accident. Um, and, you know, he's still recovering and that kind of thing. But they, they've had, you know, a whole season to kind of get that offensive line sorted out. So I, I don't know if that's the issue. I haven't seen Grandview in person, so it's kind of hard for me to kind of pinpoint what where the offensive inconsistency is coming coming from. But it's definitely there. And and I think this is going to be a game that's tempo dictated. I, I, I think if Rock, Rockdale can speed this game up, speed Grandview up a little bit, and kind of get the game played on their terms – um, I, I think that's not a game Grandview won. So I think when I look at the final score, you know, if you tell me the final score is, you know, 28 to 14, yeah. I'm going to know immediately who won the game. Right. At the same token, if you tell me the final score is 49 to 45, yeah. I'm probably going to have an idea of who won the game as well. So and, I'm really uh, interested in the tempo of this game. And by the way, you take a look at 3A Division One, and this is in that, that, that brutal Region 3, um, this ha- I mean, the, the work is far from done after this. I mean, if Grandview is going to make it back to a title game, they're going to earn it because they will go through a a, 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 an absolutely loaded Region 3 suddenly. Uh, so that's my pick. I like Grandview and Rockdale as my first pick. What is your second pick? I'm going down to Austin for another 6A game. Uh, and, and a fascinating first-round matchup as Cibolo Steel um, at 8-2. and two visits Austin Westlake at nine and one in a really, really good first round matchup in six A. I'm surprised this is a first round matchup as well. Um but you get this matchup because Steele um you know lost to Clemens and, and their their rival Clemens. But now looking back on it, that loss to Clemens probably doesn't look that bad because Clemens owns the win over Judson as well. Um this this is not that your Mike Jinx, Scott Linhoff Steel team that relied on defense in the tough running game. This is a steel team that is powerful on offense. Wyatt Beagle um, is in his, he's started, I think over almost 30 games now. And he's just a junior. Um, he's a three-year starter. He, he, he really, he's, he's really emerged as a division one quarterback. He's got a ton of weapons and steel. They've got speed to burn. And I think their defense, their offense is going to be a massive test for, I think that Westlake defense, which is really, really, Again, really, really good, led by um, the other defensive coordinator, Tony Salazar. 
is kind of one of the young stars of coaching in the state. I, I, be, I won't be surprised if he gets a head coaching job before long. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that Westlake defense just shuts people down. So I'm really fascinated to see the matchup here, the Westlake defense going against that potent steel offense. Westlake, they're not in one, but they still are using the three-quarterback system. And I, I worry – and I'm not questioning Todd Dodge. That man's one. That man has forgotten more football than me and you know combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm just wondering: is that three quarterback system going to come back and bite Westlake at some point in the playoffs? From number one, just a lack of lack of continuity at offense, bringing guys in and out. And number two, talking to coaches, it seems like Westlake's kind of dictating what they're going to do offensively based on which quarterback is in the game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I wonder in the playoffs when you when you really get teams who have done a lot of scouting and really have kind of the book read on you if that's going to come back and bite Westlake because the offense has not been what I'd call mm, super explosive in games against teams that are more in their weight class. Right. So again, I I think this could be one of those games that that comes down to tempo and surprisingly I think Steel, you know, you think of Steel and those black uniforms and kind of grind it out tough Steel. They, they're going to want to up the tempo and kind of throw the ball around and, and, and kind of kind of get this game a, a, you know, more of a high-scoring game. Yeah, and that is, that's what's interesting is um, – so, so and we talked about the Westlake three-quarterback thing, right? And, and I think that they want to pull the trigger. I think that, I think that if they – I think the most consistent guy has been the sophomore, Kate Klubnick. Um, but I also, like, I tend to think that – if you're going to commit to a quarterback, like the time is right now. This is probably the last chance you have because then you could just say, you know what? We went through the regular season. We have 10 weeks of data. We're going with X. And whoever it is, that's fine. But I feel like if they don't commit to a quarterback this week, then it's not going to happen. Then they're just going to For sure. they're just going to continue to run this three quarterback system. And maybe that's the way they want to do it, and that's fine. But uh, I, in in my personal opinion, I think that it would behoove them, if, especially if they are if they're tipping pitches, so to speak, to mix metaphors here. If they're tipping pitches, then they need to they need to pull the trigger on somebody. And and I understand that that all three have looked good at times, but the times for looking good, like that time has passed because now it's like you guys cough one up and it's done, and then it doesn't matter who your quarterback is because you're all putting up pats on Sunday. So, uh, I think you're right. I think this is a really interesting matchup. And, and a game, I mean, look, obviously two teams with state championship pedigree, two outstanding programs. Um, and I I love the first-round cross-regional matchups. I Oh, yeah, the, you know, Austin versus yeah. San Antonio. You get those El Paso versus West Texas matchups. Uh, you even get a few of those um East Texas, Central Texas matchups as well. So you get, you get some of that, you know, crossover. I, I love it as well. Uh, I think it's really good. Okay, that is your second pick. My second pick. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go a little bit off the board here, and I think I'm gonna go to. Let me make sure I get this right. Let's go to Pennington Field in Bedford, seven o'clock Friday. Okay. A matchup of nine and one squads. That is tasty. As Euless Trinity welcomes in Arlington Lamar in a 6A Division I, Region 1 by district matchup. And 
I mean, I think that what we're going to find out in this game is a lot less about who these teams are and more about how strong their districts are. Because yeah, I think this is a this is a referendum on the districts. This is this is and especially this is a referendum on Arlington ISD because Arlington ISD that that district four six A they all beat up on each other, right? Bowie mm-hmm. and Arlington High and Martin and Lamar they all just kind of like uh, they all split split wins against each other, and there's two ways to think about that. One way is boy, bunch of really good teams. That uh, whenever they lock it up, it always is really close, and that's just the, a credit to that district. The other one is a bunch of mediocre teams that are all about the same. And and we will find out exactly what that is. Now, now look, I'm not here to tell you that I think District 36A is a world beater, because I don't. I don't think that I don't think the district that Yules Trinity came out of, uh, you know, I think that the traditional powers in that district, most notably St. Angelo Central, are down. This year and and Haltom yeah had and Haltom was down yeah Richland I think got second place technically and they were four and six yeah uh, <laughs> I don't think that is a diff I don't think that's necessarily a a a, uh, a game that or a district that's a world beater but I mean Trandy's pretty clearly the best team in that district um, they have been mowing down people and they're doing it in that very Euless Trinity way. Uh, I mean, they look. I mean, if you want to say vintage Euless Trinity, I think you can. I think this is this is what that this is exactly what this team wants to be. They want to be that hard nosed, grinded out team. That uh, they got a running back in Zechariah Moore, who's been very solid. They they spread the ball around, but they're just freaking huge. They're just freaking. Oh yeah, they got. I think they have three 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 guys on the starting offensive line listed at four, 399 pounds which Jeez. they're 400 pounds they're 400 pounds i mean yeah. and that yeah. is that is just quite simply a party trick that no other team in the state has <laughs> like that is something that chris mm-hmm. jensen enjoys that no other coach in the state enjoys is the biggest offensive line and defensive line too in the state going up against lamar and lamar is a uh, a, a squad that at eleven and one, their one loss was to Martin. Is that right? Uh, yeah, Martin. Uh, yes, yeah. And Lamar, I mean, quietly went nine. I, they, they didn't play well on the Martin loss, and that that kind of, um, no. I think, soured some folks on on mm-hmm. on Lamar a little bit. But they very quietly put together a, a nine and one season, and and you know, Jack Dawson at quarterback and Trevon West at receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, they, they're they can. They can throw the ball. They can they can make hay in the passing game. This is, they're going to test the Trinity secondary. Which, to be honest, that's that's that's, probably, that's where Trinity struggles. That's, that's that's where you can you can do some things against Trinity. Yeah, that's where you beat them. Right, you beat them by throwing the ball, and 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 that is what's going to be really really interesting in this matchup. Now, because because here's the thing. Let's just assume now now they have been able to run the ball a, a little bit with with Caleb Phillips and Anthony Williams, but but this is going to be a game that falls on on on. The, uh, on Jack Dawson's ability to throw, and it's going to fall on um, the front seven of Lamar, which has been okay. You know, it's been okay, but I don't think necessarily uh, uh, necessarily a world-beating front seven. That's what it's going to come down no. to. And so I'm 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 extremely interested in this game. I believe the computer, the computer. Let me pull this up. I'm a computer. I'm a computer guy. Let's see. They are. Yeah, this is a pick'em game. 
This is number 28 in the 6A rankings against number 29 in the 6A rankings, which is tasty. I lean towards Trinity. Being at home, I think, helps. I also think that I'm not 100% sold on District 4 6A. Um, and so, one, one thing that I'm keeping an eye on is Trinity's offense. When they're starting tailback, A.J. Barnett went down um, against San Angelo Central. Um, I think he's done for the year. He hasn't been back mm-hmm. since. Uh, their offense has, has kind of had sits and starts. Zechariah Moore's been the, the Barnett Moore combo platter was really good for Trinity's offense early in the year. But if you look at their offense since Barnett got hurt against San Angelo, they kind of struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how that goes. But same token, I think that matchup of Trinity's offensive line versus Lamar's defensive line. I think that's a huge edge to Trinity. Yeah, exactly. So that's a very interesting matchup in 6A Division One. What is your third pick, Matthew? I am going to stay in the Metroplex for the game that I am attending on Thursday night mm. as the Colony visits Lancaster in a chef's kiss first-round yes. Thursday game. I'll tell you what, uh, this matchup, uh, last year we had a couple of these kind of matchups in, in, in this district with uh, District 5 and District 6 and uh, 5A Division One going at it. And, and we get one again with uh, two supremely talented teams um, in the Colony and Lancaster uh, going at it. Um, you know, Lancaster, I think to me, uh, and my picks, our, our regional picks, I think will be coming out later on. I think Lancaster is a definite contender in, in the region. Um, they've got just dynamic, dynamic playmakers on offense with uh, Latrell Capels, the Boise State commit, uh, Magic Rector at receiver, um, Trey Bradford. Was, despite the numbers that Trey Bradford puts up, he's one of the more underrated running backs in the area, if you ask me. And then you've got that just, aggressive and fast Lancaster defense going up against the Colony team that, you know, if you think about the Colony five years ago, they were line up two tight ends in the I formation and they were going to throw 10 passes a game. Well, Rudy Rangel's squad is not like that anymore. They are dynamic on offense. They've got D1 talent at all the skill spots. Keith Miller, Christian Gonzalez, Miles Price, Mikey Harrington at quarterback. Um, this is the Colony team that can put some points up. The thing that I worry about with the Colony is they've had the struggles against teams who line it up and get downhill and run the ball right at them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that Lancaster has the ability to do with Trey Bradford. They'll be the spread offense, but they, they, they kind of like to run downhill. So I'm really interested to see how the Colony, who, who in pretty much every one of their games, except for probably the Lone Star game, is just simply more talented than their opponents. Not going to be the case Thursday night. There's no doubt Lancaster has the Cats that can match up with the Colony. So I want to see how the Colony um, adjusts the team to a team that has similar athleticism. I thought they adjusted well in the Lone Star game. and probably should have won that game. But then that, that loss to the Independence, that, that's the one that's got me worried. That, that was one. You know, the Colony wins that game. They're hosting a first-round playoff game and probably getting a rematch with Nanceville Timberview. So that game meant something. And they lost to Independence. So I don't know if that says more about Independence or more about the Colony and maybe that they're they're kind of in a bad way right now. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the Colony is a team that started off really hot and, and that win over, if you remember, they had a non-district win over Frisco Reedy that really turned our heads. And we go, oh, oh, are you guys going to do this thing now? Um, it turns out that's not necessarily the world's greatest win. <laughs> um, but... The thing that is interesting to me is what I what I appreciate about Rudy Rangel is that this is a this is a guy who um, this is a guy who 
uh, adapted. That because he's a because that 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 team for for forever and ever and we've talked about it on the show before. We lo- I loved when I was working for the Dallas Morning News. I loved covering the Colony games because you were done by nine thirty because all they did was yeah. run. Um, they were kind of they were kind of Euless Trinity light. In all yeah, ways. exactly. They were just like we're going to line it up, I formation, and we're going to pound it at you, and then we're going to play good defense, and then we're going to get out of here with a seventeen to ten win. And now yep. they have they've spread it out. And Mikey Harrington, you mentioned their quarterback has been great, and, and he has he has adapted. But I just quite simply, aside from Miles Price, like if you were to rank the speed of everybody on the field, like between Lancaster and the Colony. Uh, Miles Price would be in the top in 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 up there because he's very very fast. But would six of the next seven be from Lancaster? I mean, like they are they will have the decided speed advantage in this game. And, yeah, one through eleven, they're going to be they're, yeah. they're going to have an edge there, and, and they're at home. Yeah, and I just I just I don't know if the, that that loss to Independence just really has me a little little bit. And, and the Colony. They struggled in a couple of other games this year. They kind of played with their food against Wakeland for a while. You know, this, something about the colony just isn't sitting right with me. And, and you got to remember, they lost in the first round of the playoffs last year. Yeah. With all this talent, they they actually won their district last year and finished first. And a four seed Mansfield Timberview beat them in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. How much of that loss is still kind of worried? Because this is a team that hasn't won. The playoff games yet, so mm-hmm. can can they get over the hump? And, and the 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 task is tall this week, having to beat Lancaster in in the land of Weibo. It is. It's a good pick. All right, that's from six A or five A Division One. I'm going to go to three A Division Two, and a game that I think is flying under people's radar, but I am super interested in. How about eight and two Dangerfield taking on eight and two? Anderson Shiro at Kaufman's Lion Stadium, 7.30 p.m. Friday. Okay, okay. I'm here for it. I am really interested in this game because this is a, a couple of things. One, this is an opportunity, I think, for people to get to know Anderson Shiro, who is in the midst of their greatest season in program history. Brief history. Yes. But uh, having a great year. Having an outstanding year. They've never won. Before. Coming into this year, uh, they had never won more than six games in a season. And they are now 8-2. and two. Uh, Bradley Hodges took over a program in 2016. Um, and from 2016 to 2017, they went 1-18. 6-4 uh, last year made the playoffs, and now 8-2. and two. This has been a build. And it's been really, really fun to watch Anderson Shiro. Uh, they have been, the Owls have been excellent. Now, that's one part of it. The other part of it is I think Dangerfield is... Is it possible to call a a team like that with pedigree like that a sleeper? Because if you want to talk about a team with a high ceiling, this is a team with an extremely high ceiling. Go ask Gunner. Absolutely. Go ask Gunner, who got everything they wanted from them in their opener. Go ask anybody in their district. This is a dangerous. Go ask Paul Pewitt. Go ask Paul Pewitt. They're, they're fresh off beating undefeated Paul Pewitt. This is a really fast and dangerous team that I think could give uh, a lot. Could give anybody trouble. Jacoby Craver has been awesome. They have 
dynamic playmakers. Now going up against uh, Zacharias Haynes uh, and, and this running game for Anderson Shiro that's want to keep him on the ground, play a little bit of ball control uh, in this one. I think this game is fascinating. I think the winner of this game, looking at the way the bracket breaks, they would play the winner of Grand Saline and Blue Ridge. They would be favored. Whoever wins this game will be favored in that one. And then at that point, sure. at that point, you get a shot at Newton. And that's all you can ask, right? Is get a shot at the king. Um, yeah. That is, this is a, a game with, I think, big time ramifications. I think Dangerfield actually matches up pretty well with Newton. If Dangerfield can play a clean game, I think they match up well with pretty much everybody. Uh, but Shiro looking for their first playoff win in program history, going up against Dangerfield. I think this game is really interesting with a lot of kind of implications down the road in Region 3 of 3A Division 2. I like Dangerfield and Anderson Shiro. Uh, what is your fourth pick, Matthew? Going up to Class 4A Division One, up and near the Panhandle, mm-hmm. as 8-2 Pampa takes on 8-2 Gainesville. Mm-hmm. And another really good first-round matchup of teams with, with, with pretty gaudy records here. Mm-hmm. They're playing Friday night up in Vernon. Uh, Pampa uh, finished second in that really tough Panhandle district, um, lost in district play to Dumas. Uh, was their only district loss, but this is a team that's been kind of a pleasant surprise. They were they, they didn't win a district game last year. Got I think they were two and nine last year, or three and eight. Uh, didn't really fare real, real well in the playoffs. And uh, this year, you know, Tucker Bridwell and that offense has really really come along. And other than the Dennis game, they've been putting up thirty points all year. Uh, Bridwell last week had um, almost three hundred yards passing, almost a hundred yards rushing um, in the game, and in Pampa. Knocked off uh, Canyon 38-31. This is a really underrated team from the Panhandle because you know you've got Dumas, who's kind of stolen most of the headlines in the lower classification up in the Panhandle in Class 4A. Well, Pampa's kind of just kind of bobbing along eight and two. Uh, really, really. Strong. Greg Pointers told me that he thought this was his best team that he's had in in, in his time at Pampa. Getting a, a tough first round matchup. That district they match up with 4-4A Division One is really good and really deep, and that depth is is epitomized by a, a, a Gainesville squad that went eight and two and finished third. The Leopards only two losses are to, to Decatur and Springtown. And in pretty much every game, they've, they've, they've dominated every other game that they, they got a close win over Hershey, which is what got them the third place win, uh, the third place uh, finish. But the one question I have about Gainesville is other than the Hershey win, they really don't have a good win. Mm-hmm. And I wonder going up against a good Pampa squad, that's kind of in their weight class. How, how can the Leopards win that kind of close, grinded out game? I think they can. They showed it um, against Hershey, but the playoffs is this is kind of a different animal. And for both of these teams who haven't won a playoff game in a few years, it'll be interesting to see how, how they respond and kind of how the, the flow of the game goes because they, they, these two teams haven't been in this position before. Um, I think I think Gainesville's got got the edge with the speed with Isaiah and Brandon Baker, kind of the, the Baker brothers, not brothers, but they call them Baker brothers. Uh, they're kind of the the two key weapons for the Leopards' offense. But I think Pampa's got that edge at quarterback with Bridwell, coach's kid. You know, been around for a while, can sling it around and, and really spreads the ball around really nicely. So I think the de- the key in this one's Pampa's defense. Can they contain the edge? Can they set the edge and keep and limit Gainesville's big plays? This is, and it's going down Vernon, beautiful Lions Stadium. Um, my question here, I don't know if Gainesville's beaten anybody. 
Like that's kind of you know yeah that's kind. I think Hershey's their Hershey's probably their best. Win. Hershey's their signature win right now, but it's like you can yeah. make a real argument that like their best two results are the losses, like which like not necessarily getting blown out of the building by two top ten teams in Springtown Decatur, uh, both on the road. By the way, talk about a rough scheduling break. Um, yeah. Now taking on Pampa, and, and I think you're right. And, and if you want to say that this is another one of those. Um, this is another one of those referendums on a district. Um, I think there's a referendum on District 3, District 3, 4, A, Division 1. Because if you want to buy in uh, on on the other teams in that district, right? Because, again, this is that four-team district. If you want to buy in on Dumas, which I want to. I like Dumas a lot. Yeah. If you want to buy in on Dumas, like you want, then you need to see Gainesville go out there and win this game. You know that that would be that if you if you think Dumas is a is a sleeper in Region One to take down one of those teams, then you want to see Pampa uh, beat uh, beat up on Gainesville. That is to me, it's a bit of a referendum on on that district. So um, yeah, well, you, you look at it last year. Last year, four four A kind of dominated three four A. I believe Hereford was the only team to get out of the first round of the playoffs because even you know Decatur was a fourth place team. And they beat Dumas in the first round last year. So I think 4-4-A uh, took three out of the four games. I think Hartford was the only one that only won the win. They beat Gainesville in the first round, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah. All right. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. My fourth pick. Um, I am going to the 5-A Division One bracket. And I'm going to... Hey, remember, remember a couple years ago when Realignment came out and we were wondering who was going to be that team to grab 5-A Division One Region 4? Um you know, and take control of it. It's obviously San Antonio Wagner, and I think that they're the favorite mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. But I think the winner of this game is going to play them in a regional final. And I am talking about 7.30 p.m. Friday night at beautiful Tom Landry Stadium in Mission as district champion Mission Veterans Memorial takes on, quote-unquote, fourth-place Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial uh, playoff rematch in a game that you're right playoff rematch and a game that is in the part of the bracket where there are literally three teams named Veterans Memorial stacked on top of each other that there I think for example I think San Antonio Veterans Memorial is going to beat Laredo Martin on Saturday and so the winner of this game will play Veterans Memorial squads back to back weeks um and this is I think Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, there's an argument to be made. They're one of the best four seeds in in the state. I mean, this is a Yeah. Vets lost a three point game to Victoria West that mm-hmm. kind of dropped them down to the to the four seed. Mm-hmm. Uh but they're they're still really good. And they they got their court I know in a couple of their losses they didn't have their quarterback uh, center fit, the yeah. center fit kid. Uh, he, I think he's back now. And, and, and in a game last year that I was at, which basically won Landry Gilpin, Mr. Texas football, mm-hmm. the huge edge at quarterback was at Mission Vets. I think this year the edge is probably with Corpus Christi Vets because Mission Vets, they had to take their best receiver and move him to quarterback after their quarterback broke his leg. Right. So they've got AJ Gonzaki 
um, there yes. uh, is playing is playing quarterback now. He is their top receiver that they have now moved to to quarterback. And he's look, he's acquitted himself well. I mean, because he's a he's a just a he's a super good football player. And so like you give you give really good football players the ball, and good things happen. And he has done really good things uh, for David Gilpin's squad. Um, and and this is a but I think you're right. You know, when you look at Corpus Christi vets, the 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 center fit kid, Kobe Piper, who we thought was going to be the guy to really tote the mail, has been the guy, but he has kind of taken the backseat to this junior quarterback in center fit who's been really the trigger man for what's been a very explosive offense. Got a great deep receiving core. Um, but in the end, look, this game, much like last year, although in a different way, this game's going to come down to defense, right? And who can play some defense? And both teams have been... Okay, defensively, they've been fine. Uh, I don't think necessarily anything to, to go home and, and, and write home about, especially against when they've faced really high high power teams. Um, but this is a team. This is a game that I think that the winner of this game is probably. I, I you to look at the bottom half of that bracket right now. The way that that would break, um, where'd that bracket go? Um, if they would go. They play the winner of San Antonio Vets and Loretta Martin. I would take San Antonio Vets in that one, and I also think they'd be favored in that game. Then they play probably a team like Corpus Christi Miller, which, God love them, they've been outstanding this year. But that's not that's not a team that is, I think, this this world beater. Like you can win that game, uh, and then you'd probably see Wagner in a regional final. Um. I think there's huge implications here in Region 4 uh, for, for this game down there at Tom Lander Stadium. It is a two-and-a-half-hour drive for Corpus Christi Vets, which is... And that will be a, that'll be a hornet's nest. Yes. That, that will be a tough tough road environment. It will be a very tough road environment, but I think it'll be a, f- a really fun matchup that I think will tell us a lot about the way 5A Division One Region 4 shakes out. Uh, I like Corpus Christi Vets and Mission Vets. And your fifth and final pick, Matthew. I'm going out to the big country, Greg. For a 3A Division One playoff game, as eight and two Brock meets up with seven and three Clyde Thursday night at beautiful Shotwell Stadium, where the best Frito pie in Texas in the press box resides. Um, can I, I think this is an underrated I, matchup. Can Those I just districts that the? Can, oh, I, go ahead. can go I, ahead. I chime Sorry. in here? Can I just sound the upset sure, alert? Go ahead. Can I? Can I? You're chime? sounding the upset alert. I'm sounding the upset alert. I think. I think. I think Clyde's got a great shot to knock off Brock. Clyde's battle tested. That 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 three three A versus four three A. Those four games are all really good. Um, these are two deep, strong districts. Um, Clyde finished third, but their two losses are to Wall and Eastland, who are combined nineteen and one. Now, at the same token, Brock's two losses are to Pilot Point and I guess uh, they lost. The one bad loss Clyde has on the resume is their season over against De Leon, which they lost like seven to six, and that was like a really weird week one result. De Leon's a fourth place team in two A Division one, but it was week one. A lot's changed since then. And since then, Clyde's rattled off some good wins. They have a signature win over Jim Ned, and and I think if you like defense and running the football, this is your game. Both these teams are really really good on defense. I think this game is going to come down to which offense can can find a way to break through. And you look at Brock, in, in their two losses, they outgained their opponent, but they struggled in the red zone. They've had red zone issues all, all year long. They haven't been able to put points. They've moved the ball 
really well between the twenties, but for whatever reason, they haven't been able to to punch punch the ball into the end zone. I wonder if it's it's just that lack of a red zone passing game. You know, last year they had the Baylor Cup kid at tight end. They could stretch the defense a little bit and kind of open things up for the running game. And I, I don't know if they have that that thread over the middle to kind of soften the defense up. Um, Scott Campbell's done a really really good job at Clyde. I've been very impressed with kind of the the turnover in Clyde's program from being more of a wide open spread offense to kind of this smash mouth team that plays really, really tough defense. Um, I think this, this is coming down to which offense can, can, can break through. I think this is going to be a low scoring game and it's going to come down to, uh, to offense here. I, so it's, it's, it's so weird to talk about Brock and we're talking about three, a division one region one. And, like what it would be a surprise if Brock won that region, right? At this point. Yeah, I mean you've got I would say they're maybe the number five right. team in the region. I mean you got Wall, you got Eastland, you got Bushland, you got Pilot Point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, Brock's that kind and, of in that mix after that. Yeah, I mean, and that's 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 if you're that's if you don't think Jim Ned is any you know, can, can make a run. I mean, there are other teams that I think are even with Brock that I, I think that you would say would would give them a really tough run. But that's just you know, we saw that in the op you know, in the in the early going. Like we, we kinda looked at that where you're like, because who they lose to in the in week one? Brownwood. Brownwood. Lost to Brownwood. That's a that's a good loss. It ended up aging well, but it's like we looked at them, we were like, you know, we had concerns about whether or not there's gonna be a reloading year for Chad Worrell squad. And sure enough, we we're like, oh boy. But then it was the loss to Pilot Point that really made me go, okay, if they're gonna start dropping district games, then maybe maybe the rebuild is a little bit more um r- you know, robust than we thought it was going to be. Um it's a it's a super interesting matchup in in what is one of the more intriguing regions in the entire state. All right. And it's a Thursday game as well. Another Ooh. another there's 104 games on Thursday. Nice. There's a lot of really good Thursday night. At least in 11 man. You that's just 11 man UIL. I didn't look at 6 man, but I know in UIL 11 man. Got 104 Thursday night games. Um by the way, speaking of Thursday night games, I, I will keep saying it. Hey coaches. Um Please schedule an awesome Thursday night game next week so that Step and Ish and I can pile in the swag wagon and come. I uh, have road trip fun. Yeah. Road trip shenanigans will, will ensue. We're having the Dave Campbell's road trip next week, next Thursday. So please schedule an awesome game for us to go to at an awesome stadium. Um, so please do that. All right, finally, let's go down to the smallest 11-man classification. Let's go to 2A Division Two. Let's go to Region 1. Let's go to Canberra Memorial Stadium in Canyon as another one versus four with a caveat here as Tahoka well takes on re- state finalists from a year ago Groover uh, this game is going on it's Friday game yeah, yeah this is Friday eight eight o'clock Friday at Kimbrough Stadium in Canyon yep nice double header at Kim- Kimbrough on Friday we'll, we'll mention that here in a little while yeah um, um, but Tahoka and Groover eight o'clock Friday at Kimbrough and I, I think people like, you look at Groover. Groover six and four, and a lot of people are going to look at the fact that Jalen Conyers he's been nicked up, right? He's been I'm I'm pretty sure he's been he's been banged. Yeah, up. Yeah, I don't I think he I don't I'm not sure he's played the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I got to look find. I, I know he did not play 
in their loss to Clarendon. Yes, and and Jalen Conyers, Jalen Conyers is is one of the very best players in the state. Plain and simple, uh, and especially at the two A Division two level, he is a walking mismatch. Um, but he has been nicked up, and the bigger issue for Groover has been on the defensive side. That their defense has has just has has not been as robust as it was last year. That for all the talk we had about that that really fun offense that the Greyhounds rolled out there last year and their run to a state championship game, their defense was really good as well. Their defense just has not been as good. They've lost their last two to Clarendon and to Stratford. Now Stratford is you know a really good team, but you can make an argument that really all good. four of their losses are really good. Stratford, Clarendon, Wheeler, and West Texas. Those are four pretty good losses, I would say. But they're now taking on a Tohoka squad that, one, does play pretty good defense. This is a, a defense that has been grinding along 8-2, and two, maybe a team you haven't heard a ton about, but they have been very solid, won their district this year, uh, and they have a running back in Malik Hamilton who has been really rock solid for them. Really, really good for them. He's put up some big numbers. He, he's... He's been one of the most underrated backs at the 2A level on a statewide basis. He's been a star. And if Groover's going to let Tohoka run all over him, then we're going to lose the state finals from Erico. Um, this is a really intriguing matchup there in 2A Division II uh, Region 1 that, look, the winner of this game gets either Van Horn or Seagraves. They're going to be favored in that one. And then they'd probably get Stratford in a regional semi. Oh, they'll be a big favorite, I think, next yeah. week. The winner of this game, I think, I think is going to be a big favorite. Yeah. And so, then they'd probably get Stratford where they'd be underdogs. But you're talking about a two-round game here. That if you win this game, you feel really good about winning next week. You're playing after Thanksgiving. Like, and that's the goal, right? I mean, so, and if you're Tohoka, I want to look up the last time Tohoka was as good. Um, it's been a second, um, if I remember correctly. Tohoka. Tohoka. They have eight wins for the first time since. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Eight wins. It's been a while, huh? Eight wins for the first time since 1981. Wow. Uh, What a year for Stephen Overstreet and the Bulldogs. Um,. And look, they can make a statement here. They knock off Groover. I think everybody's going to sit up and pay attention. And then you're talking about a round three team. They've got the guy, Emily Hamilton. But uh, again, a lot of this comes down to whether or not I think Jalen Conyers plays and is healthy and is effective. If he plays, then it's like that's a huge swing in Groover because nobody in 2A Division Two can match up with him. Like nobody. Um, but, you know, he's what, he's an Oklahoma commit. Pretty sure. Yes. He's, um, and, 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 yeah, he's an OU commit. Yeah. You're talking about a Power 5 commit. At the two A Division two level, I mean, that is a game breaker. So if he's healthy and effective, a little bit of a mismatch at times, right? If he's healthy and effective, then this game swings over towards Groover. But really fascinating game to Hoka and Groover going on Friday night at Kimbro. Normally we would do hipster games, but it's the playoffs, so just go to TexasFootball.com and check out all the playoff games and go to one. Go to a playoff game this weekend. Uh, Matt, Step- or go to go to three or four, or go to three or four. And with that, we go to Matt Step for his crazy schedule. Uh-huh. This is, I'm going to five this week. You have, you have, I don't say this lightly. You have reached a new level of crazy. Yes. All right. Okay. Thursday night. So right now, I, so I land in Dallas. My flight lands at 11:30 Thursday morning, uh, provided no weather delays. Okay. Uh, which I, you know they're used to weather up here in Canada, so hopefully we can. 
get going. Uh, Thursday night, I'll be in Lancaster for the Colony against Lancaster. And then Friday, I am headed up to the Panhandle for a doubleheader at Kimbrough Stadium for mm-hmm. two excellent 2A matchups, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4 o'clock uh, Friday at Kimbrough Stadium in Canyon as Panhandle takes on Sundown. Super And then the Nightcap. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was super interesting just, game, though, I think. I'm just super interested in Panhandle Sundown. Yeah, I, I think – this is those are two really. It's a really good two versus three matchup in, in two A Division One, and then the game you just talked about, Tahoka and Groover is my nightcap. Um, should be a really really interesting game. I'm really interested to see if Jalen Conyers plays and if Tahoka with Malik Hamilton can kind of get over that hump and get to the second round of the playoffs. Then Saturday morning, I will catch an early flight out of Amarillo and go from Amarillo. To the Rio Grande Valley. You're a psychopath. <laughs> You're a psychopath. As at 2 o'clock Saturday at Tom Landry Stadium, Mission takes on Laredo United in a 6A Division One by district matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interested in that game. Mission's been without their, their best running back got hurt early in the year, and Coy Detmer's squad has kind of adjusted with a young quarterback and kind of opened the offense up. We know what Laredo United can do with Wayo Horta at quarterback. And then Saturday night, my nightcap, Saturday evening, as a 7 o'clock game in Westlaco, as the Westlaco Panthers host the Los Fresnos Falcons uh, to cap off my five-game playoff weekend, going from Dallas to Amarillo to the Rio Grande Valley. I I just... (sighs) Like, I don't know what to do with you. I mean... Like... Hey, it's, it's playoff season. Playoff SZZN. Yeah. It's playoff season. So I can't. Um, unfortunately, people, I was going to go down to with my, one of my, with my producer for uh, High School Scoreboard Live, Patrick Madrovsky. Um, I was going to go down to Corsicana uh, to watch Waco Connolly play. Okay. But my mother in law is coming in town. And I like, oh. I like, and I like sleeping on my, I'm in my big, my big race car bed instead of on the couch. So, um, I understand. Yeah. And so, um, but next week, next Thursday, again, coaches, please, I need this, please. <laughs> Tepper needs it. Give me he an needs, awesome needs, game at needs. an awesome stadium. Um, you know, look, and we're, we'll, we'll, we'll travel. Yeah, we'll travel two to three hours from the Metroplex. We're, we'll, yeah, we're so we're in. We'll D- go to Waco. We'll go to Abilene. We're we'll in DFW. We're, we'll drive three hours. I'll drive three hours in any direction, uh, because <laughs> I do have to get back because we've got to do a show on Friday at noon, and then we've also and then I've got uh, Fox stuff that night too. So uh, we will do all of that. So please, uh, please schedule an awesome game. Um, yeah, that is it. The playoffs are going to be awesome, guys. And um and and we're really it starts excited. in a couple days. It starts in a couple days. As the first playoff game is Midland Lee and El Paso Montwood Thursday at four. The move kickoff to four thirty. So to wait an extra thirty minutes for the playoffs to start. But the playoffs kick off Thursday afternoon in Midland at Grande Communications Stadium. I think Clint Hartman's mad at me because we, is he? Because we sent a we for the first time Fox sent a reporter out to one of their games. 
and it was and they lost. And it was Permian. So I think he's mad at me because I was like, because I was the one banging the drum to Fox. I was like, we need to go out to Permian Lee. Like even though Permian's been up and down, I think that this is a great rivalry game, really fun matchup, you know, stuff like that. And at least we can... and it is. It turned out to be a great game. Yeah, just not in the way that we expected. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got tons of stuff at TexasFootball.com, but you know that already. Um, including our predictions are going up. Um, by the way, I mentioned this. I don't know. Did you listen to the TFT yesterday? We're recording this on Tuesday morning, by the way. Do you listen to TFT yesterday? No, I haven't caught. I haven't caught it yet. I've, I plan on catching up on TFT either today or tomorrow. I've got one bona fide out there taking the leap regional pick. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, uh, here, no, you know what? Our regional picks page is going to look great. It's going to be uh, lots of cool helmet graphics on there. Actually, I like it. It's a clean look. You know what? I'm just going to tell you because I want to get your reaction on this. I want to get your reaction. On this. Okay. So, uh, my 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 going for it is in five um, A Division two. My going for it is in Region one. Okay. I think Parkland's winning the region. Okay, okay. Um, I, 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 I they wouldn't I, see Lubbock Cooper until a regional final. Yeah, I don't think that's that far fetched. I mean, I think I think it could happen. Uh, I it's Cooper's the favorite, but after that, I I don't think Parkland is that. I mean, Cooper didn't win it last year, so right. um, I think we all kind of have at least one out there regional pick. I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, kind I, of, I, I, was, I was laying these out. And there are, yeah, everyone's got at least one that you're like, oh, really? You're going with that, huh? Yeah. Um, I think mine is Lancaster, which isn't really that out there, but I think Lancaster is probably considered number three in Region 2 behind Highland Park and Lone Star. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, the, the ones that make me nervous, the ones that make me nervous is when we all agree. That makes me oh God, super nervous. <laughs> um, I, I, think two, I, think, I think we're all like counting. It seems like we're all counting North Shore out. Like most of us had Katie winning Region Three, Not me. and boy, I thought I, I thought are you to take North Shore? Yeah, I got North Shore. Okay, okay, good. Because I was like, eh, we, if we have all four Katie, oh, yeah. I, I really lost. I literally lost sleep on Katie North Shore pick, picking that. So. Yeah, because it's going to be because that's the thing is that it is such a. Uh, I mean, it's 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 fourteen weeks later. It is. There are two different teams at this point. And mm-hmm. North Shore's got Shadrack Banks back. Yeah, and North Shore's got Shadrack Banks back. It was a three-point game last time. I mean, yeah, and that's the kind of the game we're all waiting for. That's kind of the game that I mean. I think there's a fair argument that the winner. There's a couple of games that we can see in a regional semifinal that I think you can make an argument are state championship games. Um, if you want to say that Katie and North Shore is a state championship game, Duncanville it's certainly like a word, but I think there's an argument. The other ones were Fierro and Shiner in a regional semifinal. That you know, you, when we get to that. Um, I, I think the winner of that game's win the title. Um, so anyway, that's it. Uh, that's all we got. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We really love you. Uh, we appreciate your time and efforts and courage and steps. Thanks for your courage. Thank you, sir. We'll see you next week. Tough stuff.